things that are rolling. I put all of them on a 76 long slide. And I said, as I'm ministering, whichever one the Lord says I should go to, I will go to. Thank you. And uh, we'll see. Because I really don't know how to explain this, but we're living in very dangerous times. I already started by explaining that to you. Uh, one of the first things that God reminded me of was that uh, people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But many times we, we limit that to knowledge about God's word. The, the, the remote is in my pocket. Yeah, thanks. Many times we, 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 we restrict that to knowledge about God. But most of us here, that's to a small extent, know God. Am I right? We're born again. We're spirit-filled. We've read our Bibles. So the truth about it is not that knowledge of God that I think actually causes us to perish. I think it's also a knowledge of God's ways. I think it's a knowledge of God's methodology. Wigglesworth said this. He said, I don't know whether a man should know so much about the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, which one is word of knowledge, which one is word of... But a man should be so full of the Spirit that God chooses to manifest anytime he likes. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You see, God... I, I don't know how to explain this. Uh, Pastor Sammy and I were sharing yesterday that we're praying for this nation. We're fasting for this nation. But do you know that if you go through scripture, Pastor Sammy reminded me yesterday that he said, it is if my people who are called by my name, it is not Yaradua. You, you still don't get my point. It's not, you see, I, 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 whenever we pray here, I mean, let's not pretend. Mentally, we see God taking Yaradua's neck, especially Akala's neck, and, and, and knocking him on the head. Boy, behave yourself now. C come on, talk to me now. That's what we see in our heads, you know. To take one of that, boom, my friend, behave yourself, straighten up. But listen to me, until we change, they're not going to change. to say this one quietly so that they won't hear everything that is happening in Nigeria is happening in the church we collect bribes I've been to committees where they offer bribes church building committees there's a printing press in Lagos owned by a church where if you don't bribe your work is not done recently Somebody told me this, and I can't tell you the newspaper. They went to buy equipment, and the newspaper staff stole 18 million out of the equipment money. And if you check most newspapers, they will tell you that their job is to report the truth. You have no idea how much corruption has entered into our bloodstream in this nation. That children now are bribing, even in school, their teachers to pass exams. I was in Jesus' embassy before I left and I prayed to God the young man is not in this church right now because I don't intend to embarrass him. I'm not going to call his name I don't even remember his name he bribed his way through school got into school with somebody else's name and graduated and towards the end because he became a Christian had to go and tell his parents that oh boy this is not who I am I got in falsely and all that his parents came to my office and I said, listen, there is only one way out. He has to come clean. Ah, Baba is up Like, like. Come with his school fees. Boy, he might graduate. 
My office there at Dubai. So there's a place where you and I have reached where we, we are. We, this thing is in our system. You know problem with corruption? This one is hard. Though. It's irreversible. When an orange starts to rot, you put it in the fridge. Abi, what did you do? You slowed down. But you didn't stop it and you can't reverse it. And that's why corruption has to be cut off. I'm in trouble this morning. Because I don't even know which way to go. We we, we tend to talk about our problems instead of talking to it. It took me years to figure that out. I'll go dedicate a car. And I'll be pleading the blood of Jesus on it. And whatever other thing you want me to plead. Then I realized one day that God spoke to things. He spoke to a fig tree. A, a, a priest spoke to an altar and it broke. Old Testament. You've read it, haven't you? So I realized that everything in this world living and non-living responds to the word of God how come God will speak to the waves and they will part how can God rebuke the wind and it will stop how can God speak to the sea and say peace be still and the thing just goes the more you talk about your problems the bigger they get but talk to your problems. And I remember one of, the, one of the ministers on Wednesday began to speak to the city of Ibado and said, Ibado, give me what belongs to me. The prosperity that God has given to me in this city must come to me. The profits that, are, that belong to me here, the customers that are mine, I command them to come. That's how to pray, ladies and gentlemen. You're praying with authority and you're praying with knowledge. When are we going to be bold to use God's word? Instead of, you know, I was, I was watching the tape that I preached in Jesus' house in Washington. I didn't know that I had it at home. When I, when I parked, I saw it. And suddenly, I, I said to them, I said to them in Jesus' house, I said, isn't it interesting that all my life, my children never come to my door and sing praise and worship. Adam, for crying out loud, we never do that. Come on, be singing praise and worship. Daddy, I love you. You're a wonderful daddy. Then when he finished, he knocked the door and said, Daddy, I wanted to find out whether you're going to feed me this morning. Or, or daddy, you know, I mean, do you mind paying my school fees? It's due. He has never done that. Never. He doesn't even know fees is paid. He doesn't even know how much it costs. His own is, I'm going to school tomorrow. Or I need this. Or I need this. Now, I've told them that all of them must have holiday jobs. Oh yeah, even if it's two hours a day, they're coming to work at Game World. Ah, sit down there. Don't start teaching them now that this thing costs money. Ah, teach them now. Ah. He has a mobile phone, but he has to work for his recharge card. We buy him the mobile phone, no problem. But he has to make beads, sell it to his poor grandmother. She has bought maybe like 20 beads so far. 
because he needs to recharge his phone <laughs> but I'm not going to give him a recharge card because if I give him he will think he's free no he's working for it but do you know the only time I hear my son say please to me in the sense that it is please is when he's asking me to get a gift maybe for Ayomide or some, one of his neighbors he says, daddy please can you buy that is intercession The only time we go to God begging and crying out is when we are standing in the gap for others. Because we have a covenant with him. It's a problem with us as Christians. And that's why we're not bold in our prayers. Many years ago I heard this story about this woman who was, who was, a, she was a slave. They were about to sell her daughter. And she stood there in the midst of this slave market. This is a real true story. And the woman was standing there. And all of a sudden, they wanted to sell her daughter away. She's been in that man's house for too long, but they wanted to sell the daughter. What happened? The woman got up and said, God, you know that if there is anything in this world that you will have me do, and I can do it for you, I will do it. Therefore, Lord, I'm telling you, don't let them sell my daughter. Slave trade. She said before she knew it, the son of the governor was in the market that day and saw what was happening up to the people and the 50 or 5 dollars that was in his pocket for the girl and because he was the governor's son nobody wanted to offend him so he bid and put 5 dollars down and he sold it sold to the governor's son everybody was wondering what he wants to do with the slave he takes the papers for the girl and goes and gives it to the mother so the mother owned her own daughter there is an authority. Did you ever wonder about Simon? Is it, I told you I don't know what I'm going to preach today. You remember Abraham? He says, will the God, the judge of this world, not do right? Can you talk to God like that? God, wait a minute. You want to destroy this city? Will the judge of all the whole earth not do right? Excuse me? You know, you can tell a man's relationship by the way he prays. Oh, omnipotent, redeemer, Baba Saleh. Oga okay. He has no depth of understanding to the person he's talking to. Ah, I'll get there. I began, I haven't preached for almost three weeks, so you see there's, this, there's a break for me. But listen to me. I began to tell you about the fact that there are things happening in you and I's lives that we need to understand. And the Bible calls mysteries are no big deals. They're not mystery as in mysterious as in a movie. Mysteries are God's secret plans. They're mysteries because they are hidden from the face of those who don't want us to achieve them. The Bible says if the God of this world had known, he would not have killed Jesus. Do you know that? But it was a mystery to him. And he didn't know that he was fulfilling God's destiny. Are you here? And that's why I'm telling you that what is happening in our nation, even though it seemingly looks bad, it's God's birth plans. 
but you have to understand the mystery behind it you have to understand the way God thinks and let me quickly go where I want to go I want to give you an example of a man this morning and I'm going to tie it to something else in a minute but this is where I'm going ladies and gentlemen something unique the only man that you will find in the entire scripture that God will name his son after and that was why many times in David's prophecies people were confused because he would say things like in Psalm 23 or Psalm 22 they have nailed and they never nailed him they have pulled out my beard they had never pulled out my beard he was talking about Jesus who was his God and his son he's the only one the Bible ever refers to Jesus son of David why why remember what I told you Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 10 if you love me and obey my laws I will be kind to your family for a thousand generations but if you curse and do the wrong thing I will curse you to the third and fourth generations ladies and gentlemen there are decisions we are making today that will affect our children's children we are not people who are living just for ourselves And one of the most interesting things you will find out about David, and I know it's going to be boring for many of you. And those of you who've heard me preach this before, there's an angle I'm going to this morning. Just be patient. First Samuel chapter 23, verse 2. Well, let's start from verse 1. Then they told David, Look, the Philistines are fighting. Like they are robbing the threshing floors. And David did what? Inquired of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to see this word happen ever so often with this man called David. David inquired of the Lord. It's almost like a, a term that is not familiar to us in this generation. He, listen, ladies and gentlemen, he didn't say that David prayed. I'm going, I, I'm going to bore you. And the Bible says, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's message unto me, Look, we're afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we go to Keilah against the enemy armies of Philistines? This was what was happening. They were being chased by Saul. They were already in trouble. And then people that live in another place are in trouble. And David is saying, Let us be here with all the economic wars that we're going through. Let's go and help somebody else. His man said, You must be mad. We have enough problems as it is. You want to go and solve He said, no, 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 no. Let's go back to the Lord. And Bible says, David inquired of the Lord once again. He didn't say that David prayed. There is a difference between praying and inquiring of the Lord. Let me tell you how most of us pray. Father, I need 500,000 naira. Thank you in Jesus' name. I claim it. And Father, if you don't mind, use Pastor Ben. Come and talk to me and then you walk out of the room and then three years later you don't have 500,000 and you say God didn't give me people are quiet today oh. but somebody who goes to inquire doesn't say Lord give me 500,000 says Lord I need 500,000 how do I get it 
Lord, I'm 40. I'm not married. How do I get a husband? What do we normally pray? I need a husband by December 1st, 2009. He must be tall, dark, and handsome. Okay, this is the section for that. I moved to this. Come on now. Am I telling the truth? And after he saved Kayla, Saul arrives. And the Bible says Saul was told that David had gone to Kayla and God had delivered him into my hands, Saul said. For he had shot himself by entering into a town that has gates and bars. Then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Kayla to besiege David. And when David knew that Saul had plotted evil against him, he said to Abiathar the priest, bring the ephod here to do what? Will the men of Kayla deliver me into your hands? Will Saul come down as your servant has said, O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant, Father, Saul is coming, defeat him. I don't know if I'm helping anybody this morning. But there's a totally different thing about inquiring from the Lord or of the Lord as to prayer that we pray in this generation. And that's the reason why we're not getting the answers that we need to get. Listen to me, if I pray to God, how do I get 500,000 naira? It means that when I leave that place of prayer, God can still answer me. But when I say, God, give me, when I walk away, he can't, he doesn't even hear because I'm not listening. It's an obscure story. It's not a very popular story. Alright? Why would the Bible show us that? I want to show you something. I want to show you something. This is what some of us would have said. Wait a minute. I am God's anointed. I don't need to inquire of the Lord. Samuel anointed me as a young man. And therefore I will go and fight the enemy. Then whenever I go and fight, God will be with me. Praise the Lord. And we fall down. Yeah. Our anointed one. He didn't presume to know God's will. How many of us are presuming we know God's will? I got a text from a young lady who's very close to me last week. She, 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 she wrote me a whole list of the things she wanted to do. And we want to do this. My husband wants to do this. My husband. I, said, I said, that's wonderful. You know, I said, but this is the problem. Why don't you just tell him that these are your plans, but he should tell you what he wants you, what he wants you to do. I said, because too many times we think, most of you who do youth service, and we make this fundamental mistake. Most young ladies or young men will come to meet me after. And say, where, where are you posted to? They will say, um, 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 where, wherever the Lord post me whenever the Lord post me and that's where I would go you know it's the Lord I said the man that was posting you was probably drunk yesterday night and when he got to his office in the morning he was angry I said the first five people are going to Meduguri is that the Lord posting you I said the problem with you is that you know you are going for a posting but you don't sit down and spend some time in prayer with God and say father where will you have me you say wherever the Lord posts you because the Lord is the one that is walking in the office and then they post you to Meduguri and life is tough and you come back and say the Lord was teaching me a lesson what lesson Will then you know Christians with all their excuses somebody said one time ah, ah, uh, God always says yes or no um, sometimes he will say maybe where is that in scripture? 
You didn't commit your trip. You didn't commit your posting to God at all. It's after the devil has posted you. You now say, God, come and rescue me. Alright. And I want to try and try and explain some things to you. Even though we have the latest technology, the greatest strategy, skilled plans, we lose the genius of Christian ministry. We lose what makes us unique. What makes us unique as a people is not our church. It is not our denomination. It's not our clothes. It is not anything but the fact that we have access to the Most High God. That's what makes us unique as a people. Nothing else. We have nothing else that makes us any different. Most people even have more money than we have. And you won't agree on that. You think you have money that their babangidas have? They robbed us to the ground. They robbed and robbed. You know how somebody can steal so much that they don't even know what they want to do with what they've stolen. And yet the country is still moving on. We're a blessed nation. So David now is in trouble. They've stolen his wife and his children. The Bible in First Samuel chapter 30, David said to Abimelech, the high priest, bring the ephod here. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered and said, pursue, for you will surely overtake them and without fail recover all. What did David do? Did he pray? He did what? Now he's about to be made king. This is not battle. This is not treachery. This is not whether I should go and fight. Now he is going to be ordained. This is a good thing, Abby. Should I use new streams or jogger? I'm going to be ordained bishop of the Bridge Network Enterprise. Should I use stadium, national theater? Holy Ghost camp. I will invite my committee and they will sit down and have a meeting and they will say, Jogo's air conditioners work better than new streams. And you know, Jogo has more grandeur. Let's go to Jogo. No. David did what? David inquired by the Lord, shall I go up to the cities of Judah? Go up. Where shall I go? To where? Hebron. things do we really ask him? The Philistines that heard that he had been anointed king and the Philistines deployed themselves in the valley of Rephidim and David inquired of the Lord and said, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my heart? And God said, go. What if God had said no? What would he do? They are bored already and I haven't even started. Huh? And David, the Philistines come back and say his God is the God of the valleys or the God of the mountains. And they come back again and they attack him and he goes, and he goes back again. And the Bible says, therefore David inquired of the Lord and said, you shall not go up and circle behind them. Come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an indication of the details that God wants to have with you and I. farm time of farming, there was trouble all over the land. People were so starving. Right now, we're in trouble in the country. There's famine in this land right now. How many of us have inquired about the Lord? You know, I kept telling people when I, I said when I, when I first started up my work in the denominational work, 
Um, if, if, if there was a Joseph in our congregation who listen, seven years of plenty and seven years of famine coming, we would have gathered a special seven year prayer meeting. Father, we accept the seven years of plenty. Father, we do bless you for that seven years of plenty. We accept it in Jesus' name. But Lord, that seven years of famine, we bind it. We lose it. We kick it out. We throw it away. Am I right? Talk to me. That's how we were brought up. And so we have problems in our families and we don't ask God, Father, what is causing I had a problem many years ago. I don't want to tell you his name. But Sibyl knows him very well. I walked up to him. He said, if I had known you, I'd have done a three-day fast. I'd have told you to do a three-day fast. Then we'll do a seven-day prayer meeting. And I promise you, on the seventh day, all your problems would have been over. Meanwhile, I may have been the great... I may have even been the problem... It wasn't just the king. The Bible says that the children of Israel inquired of the Lord in those days and Phineas, the son of Elisha and son of Aaron stood before it. In other words, the children of Israel also realized it was their job. I don't have time for it. I want to go somewhere this morning. Therefore, they inquired of the Lord Father, when they were trying to select a leader, they began to find out who's supposed to be king, who's supposed to do this, who's supposed to do that. We begin to ask God the right questions. Who is that? But let me show you the other side. First Chronicles chapter 10. We all know the story of um, Saul. The Bible says Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord because he did not keep the word of the Lord. He consulted a medium for guidance. 14. But he did not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, he killed him. Who is he there? You guys are quiet. Too. Should I continue? We can do uh, altar call now. All those that don't require should come out. And this place will be full. What does it mean to inquire? I know you can read, so don't let me tell you what it is. To ask. To find out the facts. To search into. To put a question. To make an investigation. Asa, we all know his story. The Bible says, Asa, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord. He died. His crime wasn't seeking physicians. His crime was that he didn't seek the Lord first. I'm going somewhere. Amen? Skip all that. Rehoboam. He was an evil king, for he did not seek the Lord with all his first. Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all his ways. Acknowledge him. And I was, I, was, I was trying to do a little bit of a, that's why I said I have a crazy agenda here. But God has his own agenda for our lives. We don't know what God has for us. You see, let me rush a little bit and take you somewhere. And I, want, and I really want to do this because I want you to understand where we are now. When I talk about inquire of the Lord, when I talk about David inquired of the Lord, it's almost like a foreign thing to those of us who are living in this generation because 
our dispensation is from the dispensation of David. They had an ephod. An ephod was, uh, was, uh, was, like a, was like a chest plate. It was like something that the, 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 the high priest wore. It had, it had several little jewelry that was put in front of it. Now, I, I can't give you all those. But it was a very funny thing. Was that it was almost like a charm in, in a funny way. And if it reflected somehow, it means yes. And if it reflected somehow, it meant no. But it was a totally different sensation. And I want to explain that to you now. You see, it's almost as if at the beginning, Abraham, Moses, and the prophets, it seems as if everywhere they got their instruction from was from God the Father. Do you notice that? I'm not saying that was true. I'm just saying, but notice that. The Bible says he appeared to Abraham and he had dinner and they all and Abraham interceded. It seems as if whenever Moses wanted to get direction, he would climb up a mountain. Am I right? Talk to me now. But, but all of a sudden, that seemed to change when Jesus came on the earth. It seems as if every time the disciples wanted to get direction, they went to who? To Jesus. Because he was alive. He was walking there. They went to him. And that was why before he died, he says, up till now, up till now, you've asked me nothing. But now that I'm going to die and be resurrected on your behalf, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. But I want you to notice that we've come into a third dimension or a third dispensation. And that's the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. Am I making sense? And in this dispensation, there is one personality of the Godhead you and I are supposed to go to for direction. You know, I've shared this before, but the Holy Spirit is the first person of the Godhead to be mentioned in the entire scripture. You find him in Genesis chapter 1. You find him in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Yet, the first person to be mentioned in scripture is the least person we know. And this is what I felt God was dealing with me over the weekend. He said, we have entered into very dangerous times that if we needed to hear from God, it's now. to, they always, the, the three of them even though they're similar they, 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 they're a little bit different one of them it seems, it seems, that's God the Father, he always seems to be commanding let there be, go and do this, the second one he's always doing and that's God the Son, he says whatever I see my Father do and the third one, it seems to be the hidden one, the one that you don't see but you see am I making sense? alright, and the interesting thing about it is that you know, this is one thing that we usually used to get ourselves into trouble with. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Every church that I know of that is Pentecostal, even non-Pentecostals, closed their services with this particular statement. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And then we go home. We call it grace. Am I right? Huh? But, but, but inside this thing is a whole series of lectures. For instance, I put it in my pocket and it started going forward by itself. 
Anyway, let me show you what happens. There's, a, there's as if there's a journey. It's as if there's a journey. How are we saved? The Bible says, for by grace are we saved. Am I making sense? So in other words, that particular grace statement that we're, we're, we're always quoting is an indication of what of the pattern or the progress God expects you and I to have in our walk with him. So number one, he says that you are saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him that called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Our journey with begins with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Without his grace, we would never have entered into it. Make sense? But look at what he says next. What keeps us in faith? It's the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should have everlasting life. Ladies and gentlemen, God's grace saved us, but it was God's love that brought us there. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, that Christ did what? Died for us. Are you here? So you remember the statement of grace. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God. So in other words, it's telling you how you move. But he tells you at the end of the day that what really keeps you going is the communion with the Holy Ghost. Let me give you an example. Many of you who were younger, remember, when you first got baptized in the Holy I mean, got, um, got saved. You had this incredible love for God. Am I right? You had this incredible love for God that you almost even went back to get saved again. So that you can experience it again. Am I right? But you see, God is saying that there is another part. There's another part and that's communion with his Holy Spirit. It's where you walk in the Spirit, where you move in the power of God, where you know his voice, where you have the mind of Christ. You walk with God. Where you go and get your counsel from. Are you here? Are you here? It starts with grace. And this is the problem. And let me, let me be frank with you, and I'm going to be as blunt as possible. An unbeliever will never be satisfied until he meets Jesus. He will go to parties. He will take drugs. He will have sex. He will run about. He will make money. He will do whatever he likes. But he will never find satisfaction. And he will have peace and joy until he meets Jesus. Do you agree? Do you agree? But a believer will never find satisfaction in his Christian walk until he meets the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry. Have you noticed that most of us, after a while, coming to church, coming to church regularly, we begin to get bored? Come on, talk to me. You get to church and you are like, what are they going to say next? Talk to me. You begin, you get to church and you're wondering, why is service so boring? And this is the problem. I was telling them in Jesus' embassy the other day, I said, listen, how can somebody come to church and say, I, I didn't enjoy the worship? Excuse me, was it for you? When you begin to say, I didn't enjoy the worship, what you are actually doing is the level of your fellowship with God. It has nothing to do with the worship. Because there was somebody in that service who got engulfed with the worship. Talk to me now. Because the worship is not directed at who? At you. The truth about it is that what you are actually showing me is that there is something wrong between you and God. Uh, uh, 
let me see if I can do something and I do it in church all the time Jide you come a pastor you have to forgive me I need you on stage with a chair please come yeah with a chair you, you are not going to no no chair for you my friend okay there's a, you have to give him a chair go put it with the two chairs please both of you sit down on the stage move back as, as if you are in a throne I've done it before. I just like to do it. Center now, chief of staff. I say, God sits and then Jesus sits on his right hand. So make sure you are sitting in the right. You are Jesus because you are not wearing the suit. And Judah is wearing neither a suit nor is he clumsy little. It's the Holy Ghost. Come, come, come. Alright? Are we here? So this is who? Wherever I go, you follow me. I am an unbeliever. But there's somebody that is following me all around telling me that I need Jesus. Are you listening to me? Who's that? Everywhere I go, he, I'm an unbeliever. It doesn't matter who I am. I am an unbeliever. I'm living in sin. What happens when I'm finished the room? When I'm doing this, because the Bible says he cannot stand sin. You know, when I'm stealing and doing all those things, he just moves away. Even you, come on now. You know sometimes, when you, know, you know when he goes to the back side of the car. When you're talking rubbish with your mouth, all of a sudden he leaves. So he doesn't leave, but he withdraws. I, am I right? So everywhere I go, he follows me. And he's telling me I need Jesus. And so God sends Jesus. Jesus, can you please come and save me now? So God sends Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. So God sends Jesus to me. And then in one crusade or something, I meet Jesus. And Jesus saves me. Are you not going to save me? I don't like saving people. So Jesus saves me and tells me, you're my son. I've saved you. I died on the cross for you. And I say, oh, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for saving me. I will serve you. Anywhere you go, I will follow you. You are just the greatest redeemer in the world. Look at you. Your face is shining. You have rings on your head. I really want to serve you. And he says, wait a minute. Let me introduce you to the person that brought you to me. He is your comforter, your helper, your counselor. Whenever you have problems, go to him. I must go back to my father and sit at his right hand until my enemies are made your footstool. He is God. And so Jesus goes back and two weeks after my salvation I am wondering and thinking God, why are you so far away? I don't feel you like I felt you that day that I gave my life to Christ. Ah, you know, Lord, you know, there's something wrong. I go to church and, you know, someone is not as sweet as it used to be. Uh, but okay, um, okay, I'm confused. Pastor, Pastor Ben, I don't understand this scripture. Uh, explain it to me, Pastor, say, Pastor Ben says don't and I go to Pastor Pelumi he will say do you know he's a journalist so I'm confused should I do or should I don't I'm confused I don't know what to do and trouble is my wife and I are not communicating and something is wrong and these ladies and gentlemen can go on for years I'm talking about months and one day frustration comes in and I finally go, Jesus, why are you so far away from me? When I was first a Christian, oh, you should have seen me. Oh, I was on fire for him. 
Meanwhile, who's following me around? You know why he won't go? He has a covenant with me. The Bible says he will never leave you. He is my counselor. The one I'm supposed to go and inquire. The one that will tell me at one particular junction, turn right, go home. Don't go there. There's trouble ahead. What do I do? I... You know what makes it even worse? I get to my prayer closet and I don't even consult him. And yet the Bible says, who knows the mind of God except who? The Spirit of God. He's there. He's not going to be angry. And finally, you come to a meeting and father and son can go back to their thrones. Take your chairs with you. I know you're God, but still take your chair with you. The point I'm making is that one day you come to a meeting and somebody says, there is a Holy Spirit. He lives where? In you. So when I'm shouting this morning from pillar to post, inquire of the Lord, I am sure that 90% of us have gone to build altars in our minds somewhere saying, when I get home, I will inquire of the Lord. Meanwhile, the Lord you're supposed to inquire of is where? You know, uh, you better stay with me now. I, 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 this is me. I was younger then. And the Lord said to me very long time ago, he says, do you know you can live a life where you can minimize your mistakes? If you will realize something, there is a right way, there is a wrong way, and there is my way. There's some things you will do that are wrong. Nobody needs to tell you. If somebody steals from you, you have every right to arrest him and put him in jail. So you are right. But God says, I have a better way. We can live a life and we have to get to a place where we've got to realize that right now, you and I to be, need to be extremely careful about every step that we take in life. And God, this is our problem. We find it easy to imagine God the Father, God the Son, because they are real people. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we need to ask ourselves, is he a dove? Or is he goose pimples? Or is he the one? And that's why I explained to you about two, three Sundays ago. I said there's a difference between, the Bible says, God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He is not Holy Ghost power. He is Holy Ghost. God says he gave you the Holy Ghost and he also gave you what? Power. Power is ability. Is he speaking in tongues? But this is what scripture tells me. Any voice is a person. Check it out. How many of you have ever seen 1,000 naira on the floor? And then 
Nobody can see it. And all of a sudden, you hear a voice telling you, pick it up. Come on. Not you. You hear a voice. That thing is a person. Because it has a voice. Have you ever heard a pig walk up to somebody and say, do this? If not, the pig would have been shouting when you want to cut his neck. That, uh, don't kill me, don't kill me. Does it do that? No. So anything that has a voice, anything that has an intellect, Look at what John chapter 16 says. He will guide you into, he will not speak of his own authority. So he speaks. Number two, he says, he who searches the heart knows the mind of the spirit because he has for the saints according to the will of God. So he thinks. Then number three, he has emotions. So he feels. That's why the Bible says, do not grieve him. Number four, he has a will. The Bible says in, in the book of Acts, he said to them, he says, separate me Barnabas on Saul for the walk whereunto I as God have called them. You know the problem with people like the Holy Ghost, the problem with people like the Holy Ghost is that because they are somewhat obscure, we think they are less as God. The Godhead, for me, is the greatest indication of humility. The Bible says God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are equal. But the Bible says that God the Father, Jesus submits to the will of the Father. And the Holy Ghost submits to the will of the Godhead. In other words, we are all equal. Not in the sight of men. We are equal in the sight of God. As God, we are equal. But we choose to humble ourselves. And that's what makes him in our lives look as if he's number three. But he's not. As a matter of fact, he's the power behind the Godhead. That's why you will see the statements you will hear in the Bible that goes, the hand of God. That's why Ezekiel will shout and say, the hand of the Lord was upon me. That's why the Bible you will see, he said, the breath of God. As a matter of fact, what happened to Israel was that God stood at the Red Sea and blew his breath. And the Bible, you're supposed to first need to read the Bible properly because you only find it in the Psalms. The Bible says he breathed so much that the waters rose up and they froze. The Bible says Israel walked on dry land. So while he was blowing, he was drying the ground. While he was blowing, he was freezing the walls on the two sides that Israel were walking like this and looking through glass and seeing ships and seeing whales and seeing things in the water and wondering this God is awesome that is who reduced himself and came to live with you that is whom has become available to you and I in solving our problems. And that is whom we have ignored 
the most. Until we change. The Bible says that the whole world, listen, is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. But Romans says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So in other words, what scripture is saying is that Nigeria, America, Ghana, or your state is waiting for those who are led. the mistakes we have done in our families marriages that have been destroyed because we both carry this same Holy Spirit and he will tell you shut up keep quiet wait do this don't talk now don't worry be patient I am here and most of us will ignore him and it, it, it goes into what? what distinguished that man Bible says he reveals the truth or the reality, I don't want to spend too much time on all this I don't want to spend too much time I don't really need the powerpoint I, I don't know if I'm making any sense to anybody this morning. am I? how long? Bible talks about gross death on the earth Ladies and gentlemen, gross darkness is covering our country right now. You have your own power plant. You have your own water plant. The government has recently, you know what they're doing? That's what they do. They test the water. What happens if petrol is 98? How are Nigerians going to react? So they put it in the newspaper so that they will see whether you are going to react or not. Start to read you and know how to break it to you. Now, I was telling somebody in the hospital, I said, 98 naira per, 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 per liter. I wish it was only your car. If it was your car, at least you will know how to cut down on your, your trips. What about your generator? What about your generator? What are you going to do? I said, this is the problem we face in our country. And I'm going to be as blunt and as silly as I can be this morning. Have you ever been in places where they put signs all over the place that says, do not urinate? Have you seen it before? Post no bills. You've seen it before? Do not urinate here. Our Christian walk has been full of do not urinate signs. Do not urinate signs doesn't help anybody. You know the signs that help somebody? Urinate here. You have to hear me. You have to hear me this morning because it's a problem for us. Our has been full, give me tissue, has been full of people telling us what we shouldn't do. And we are struggling because right now, what we shouldn't do is not helping us. What we need now are signs telling us, you need here. Post your bill here. Do here. Because at the end of the day, it's what you do that profits you, not what you don't do. So you live a life where you are hung up on the things you don't do. 
and girls are walking all over the place saying oh, I don't do this I don't do that who cares I'm more interested in what you're doing that's why it's important that you and I know that you are not a Christian by what you don't do statues don't fornicate they don't tell lies it doesn't make them Christians you're a Christian because you are led by a spirit that the world has no clue of. The Bible says that pillar of fire was light to Israel but was darkness to the Egyptians. Same person. Same personality. The Bible says he was a cloud by day. The desert is the most inhospitable place on the face of the earth. Why? Because sand absorbs heat very quickly. And the problem with sand is that it also loses heat very quickly. And so what God did, that's why the, the desert is the hottest place in the afternoon and also the coldest place at night. And you know what God does? God comes like a cloud and covers the desert and air conditions it. And at night when the temperature falls, he becomes the pillar of fire. He brings warmth and brings light. That's who this man is to us, the Holy Ghost. In the midst of this darkness, that's our light. In the midst of this heat, that's our cover. But we don't know him. We don't even know how he walks. We don't even know how he thinks. We don't even recognize his voice. If my wife should call me, there are very few people today who can call me on the telephone and immediately I hear their voice. I don't have to ask, who is this? If my wife calls me, calls me on any phone, let it have any number, let it have any name. Once I hear that voice, I recognize her. You know why? Because I know my wife and I know my wife in every sense of the word knowing. I am intimate with her. She knows me. I know her. She has seen me naked. I have seen her naked. We've seen each other. We talk to each other. We speak. We have intimacy. You will not know God until you have intimacy with him. That's why he said, I did not know you. He says, even though I used you, I didn't know you. I am confused as you are about this nation. I am as confused as you are as to what's going to happen tomorrow. And let me tell you something. I'm sorry to say this. Though. We as men of God have fooled you for too long. Just because I stand there and I do, hmm, doesn't mean I see anything. Don't let us fool you for so long. It's the same Holy Ghost that guides here at the boy that's in you. The same Holy Ghost that is in you is in you. They have just learned to listen to him. You haven't. I haven't. But I need to be sure that in these times we are moving in, I can hear him. Because it's going to be more dangerous as we move from here. Many of us are going to be tempted to go back into the world. And I don't mean go back and begin to fun again. I'm talking about doing business the way the world does it. 
Many of us are going to be tempted to compromise because of survivor. But the one who made the one that made your business lives in you. The one who carries the whole earth. The one who created those who created whatever you are selling. The one who made the man that made your lecturer. This God lives in you. Lives in me. How many of us know him? How many of us know that we need to be reconnected to him? He said to me, and some of my notes are up there. He said, there are times you've gone out to preach and you've not listened to me. Since those times I have winked at. He said, but from now on, you've got to hear what I'm asking you to say to the people. Because I know what they need more than you know what they need. And some of you, we have a theme. And all of a sudden, I'll come to service and I'll go in a totally different direction from the thing. Because I've learned to listen to him. I've learned to learn that if he has something, he knows who he wants to touch. And most of us right now are confused about what to do. I can't tell you what to do, but the Holy Ghost can. You have the one that is greater. Anything I tell you should be a confirmation of what he has already said to your spirit. We're living, ladies and gentlemen, in incredibly dangerous I want to introduce the Holy Ghost to you tonight. The comforter, your friend. He has a voice. He's been with you all this while. You've grieved him, yes. I have grieved him. I grieve him ever so often. That's good. It's a good song. Let's pick it up. Speak that song up. you what to do. It's going to be with you. It's going to be everything I am to you, the angel is going to be. 
And then Moses turns around and says, No, if you don't go with us, then we're not going to leave you. You know, the, the Jews of old, in that desert, ladies and gentlemen, in that desert, you could walk up to a Jew and ask him, When are we leaving this place? And he says, I don't know. He says, Why? He says, When the cloud rises. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, have you noticed the way when I first started as a Christian, they would come into a meeting, they would say, Nigeria, for five minutes. Then let us pray for your family for five minutes. And then one lady, the Lord said to me, who told you it's going to take five minutes for your prayer to be answered? Who told you it's going to take five minutes? How do you know how long you're supposed to pray for? The Bible says the Spirit gives you what? Once the utterance is finished, the prayer is finished. So he may give you utterance for 15 minutes or he can give you utterance for two. Who told you that your prayer is going to take five minutes? Reverend George was here two Sundays ago ministering and I was sitting in my office and I was angry. We were waiting for him for two hours and guess what we were doing in those two hours? Praise and worship. We used two hours to praise and worship God to wait for a man. We're crazy. I said I would have preferred if they put Stephen on the stage to entertain for two hours while we're waiting for Reverend George. But praise and worship is directed to one person, God. Not for waiting. You think the Holy Spirit was here? I guarantee you he walked away. That's how much he has become familiar to us. Ever heard that? I think by your landlord bought her book. There's a lady in Pakistan, she's now in America. The lady, um, um, what's the name of the book she wrote? This was a lady who didn't know about Jesus but found out about him by something that happened. And she had to live her life in Pakistan being led by the Spirit of God, led her to give her life to Christ, led her to be filled by the Spirit of God. Yeah, no man helped her. She had to escape from Pakistan because they were going to kill her. It's a book. Um, I've forgotten the name of the book. Who knows the book? You don't read. Young lady. Today she has grandchildren and all that. They, she learned about God by the Holy Ghost. She said she would do something, all of a sudden his presence would move back. Then she knew that thing was wrong. Huh? I dare to call him Father. You have the Holy Ghost, you have books. This is what somebody said to me many years ago. He said, it's as if God appears to you and gives you a map and a guide. Come, Jide. He says, as if God comes to you and says, this is a map and this is a guide. Which one do you want? He says, nine out of ten, we will take the map. Then as we're going and when we get lost, we say, I'm having a problem. But God, no. God gave us both a map We've rejected it. I'm not, this is not a, a summer. I'm calling us back. I'm not preaching a sermon to make you happy. I'm telling you that we have abandoned the greatest help available to us. We've become a third party Christianity. 
Those days we will wait until one general overseer or one man of God tell us, will tell us God's prophecy for 2010. We are all waiting. Meanwhile, the same Holy Ghost is in you. Let's stand up. Let's talk to God. Now, this is individual now. We all have to start in the place of repentance. Then you need to begin to ask God to be sensitive, sensitive on the inside of you. Sensitive. Let's change the song because we don't know the words well. We don't know the words. They don't know the words too. So we need to find something that they know. Come on, talk to me this morning, guys. Just talk to him this morning. We all need to repent this morning. I need to repent. We live our lives as formulas. You come on stage, you sing four fast numbers and three slow ones, and you expect the Holy Ghost to appear. And sometimes He honors us. Change the song. We just we do that. Formularize. You get up in the morning, your quiet time is a list that you put before Him. Am I talking to the right people this morning? It's a list of what He's supposed to do for you today. my marriage, my wedding is in December Lord, make a way for me that they may promote me in my office and I may get some money just list all of the things you want where is God, where is God what do you want me to do where do you want me to go how do I get out of this show me what I need to know some of us our we have grieved the Holy Ghost so much that our consciences have become seared. Tell him to give you back a tender conscience again this morning. Give you a tender conscience again. I am the Lord that He let me influence. He said, until He influences us, we can't influence anything. We are not a hit and miss religion. One of the things they call the Spirit of God, they call him the Spirit of Reality. He is one of the most practical personalities you've ever met in your life. He is not as goofy, spiritual as most ministers are. He tells you practical solutions. And Solomon, two women, one child. Or two women, two children, one dead, one alive. What would you do? What would you do? And we all face challenges like that every day. What am I supposed to do? I, I used to tell one of the things, one of the greatest things the general overseer ever taught me was when he taught us as ministers, he said, because of my position, everywhere I go, they used to ask me to pray. Says, as a young man, I would just get on the pulpit and I would pray. But it says, I have learned to pray 
before I pray. And I thought that was brilliant. Just I have learned to pray before I pray. In other words, I go to ask God how I pray about this. I don't just pray. Most of us pray out of our heads. Come on, talk to me now. My life. You know, Jesus standing in front of the tomb of Lazarus. He says, Father, I am not praying this now. But I am doing this for their benefit so that they will know that I had already consulted with you. I go to weddings. They will say, uh, man of God will climb up on the pulpit and say something like, uh, um, um, Father, uh, as we live here, go with us. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How can you be asking God not to leave you when he told you that he will never leave you? I've heard people pray silly prayers. May we not depart from your presence. Excuse me. The Holy Ghost goes with you. You are saying that you depart from the presence of the person that is always with you. That means you are dead in hell. Do you see how we have mentally prayed some stupid prayers simply because we've never learned to listen to that God that is Do you know that there are times in prayer I watch movies and they help me. About a few, about a month ago my, my son began to convulse at home and I knew immediately that I had to keep talking to his spirit not to go. I don't know if you got the money I'm making. It wasn't Jesus now. Father, mm, I had to communicate with the person I'm talking to because he's a spirit to spirit. You are not going anywhere. You stay with me here. You know what I mean? You are not even allowed to sleep. Talk to your dad. Who is talking to you? Out of the day, he will answer you because he's a spirit I tell people, if armed robbers surround your house and they are knocking on the door, they want to enter, do you do fast, three fast numbers, praise and worship, and three slow ones? No. Do you do that? Do you sing? But when you get up in the morning, tomorrow morning, what, how do you do your praise and worship? First dance for 15 minutes. You now say, that's not relationship. Immediately you get up from the bed, you're already communicating with the one that was beside you. He never sleeps. So he wasn't just waking up. While you were asleep, he was watching over you. So when you get up in the morning, he's thank you for keeping me. What are we going to do today, Lord? These are my plans. What are your plans? Is there anything I need to pray for? What, what is priority for you? What's happening in my life? We will see a revolution that we have never seen before in our prayer life and in our work with God. Because we've ignored the greatest gift that God has given us. His Holy Spirit. I preached God's word. I'm confident this morning that I've preached God's word. And therefore I am confident he will accompany his word with signs following. I don't need to beg him to heal you. I don't need to beg him to intervene in your affair. Why? 
because he said he his word with signs i don't need to say father please confirm it is father i have done it now you do what you said that's i, I wish i hadn't asked them to put down the projector but that's what david said he says this is what david said it's in, it's in kings he said he said he was going to build a house for god they were going to build a, a temple and no, you can't but he said to david he said i have chosen you are the one your family i have chosen and david said who am I that I have chosen that you've chosen me of all the races in the world who am I he says but God do what you said you would do ladies and gentlemen the key to answered prayer is hearing what God says he wants to do it's not in your ability to conjure up the words it's in your ability to hear what God has said because his word will not return to him void this is what Mal said Mal says God doesn't answer your prayers God answers his own prayers Father in the name of the Lord Jesus if you're sick in body right now put your hand where that sickness is just want to exercise God's word if you're sick in body right now you can feel the pain put your hand where that pain is put your hand where that pain is Lord confirm your word confirm your word confirm your word I rebuke that disease I rebuke that pain I rebuke that sickness I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus command you to go now you begin to do what you couldn't do before it's that simple just begin to do what you couldn't do before and then for the other groups of people here this morning listen to me we are living in dangerous times we need to hear from God we need to inquire of the Lord Mendele Sotoroma Shikadaya Lefrenos Turakaya Papraman Tolanaya Evrenesa Idredes Andredos Solopaka Indrenes Tukrodo Shatala Tekredas Idereman Tokala Sataya Endredu Solopas Engrenes Sendea Engrindes Torabaka Seli Imbre Mata 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 Castembre Bastono God says his precept line upon line in that he starts with you and then he builds many want to rise to the top without going through the steps if you can't hear him now you won't hear him then it's now if you don't hear him in your marriage you won't hear him when you become head of state if you don't hear him in your business you won't hear him when you become a multi-millionaire many have waited and waited and said when i get here i will do thus the lord says it is who you are today that you will be tomorrow stop waiting stop waiting stop postponing your life stop saying tomorrow i will do this because tomorrow is promised to nobody today is the only day that is acceptable to god it's today you make up your mind to walk in the light of the truth that is revealed to you not tomorrow tomorrow who knows who will be here except God make up your mind that today I'll make up my mind that I will listen to the voice 
of the Lord my God if you will diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God then these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the, in, the, in, the, in the country. Blessed shall be your seed. Blessed shall be the things that you do. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you will do what? Diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord our God. The voice of the Lord our God, I told you, is the Holy Ghost. Father, I make up my mind this morning. I will follow you. You will help me. You will teach me. I would listen for your voice. I would listen for your voice. I would listen for your voice. I make up my mind. I will be led by your spirit. Father, I make up my mind. And I will not struggle anymore. I'm going to inquire from you. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to hack into the voice of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to follow him. It's what he tells me. You will help me, oh Lord. You will strengthen me. You will teach me yourself. You will help me, Father. And I will not draw back again to perdition. But I will make up my mind like you. 